0: are listening to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast where all topics are on the table, from brotherhood and faith, to culture and wisdom. So pull up a chair and join us as we talk about the things that build us up and make us strong.
1: Welcome back to the Strong Towers Podcast. This is John Ackerman with me as always, Tom Edwards, Mike Lara. And today's a special day. Uh, we're commemorating not one, but two significant accomplishments. Uh, So the first is, this is our hundredth episode that we've released. All right. Uh, To be fair, there's probably a little bit of an asterisk in there because we've re-released a couple of episodes along the way. Um, But honestly, I feel like when you get to a hundred tracks, unless you've just re-released the same five, 20 times in a row, uh, this is still, (laughs) this is still praiseworthy. So, uh, we're just honestly pretty psyched that that we've been been able to I don't know podcast stay on the air is that what it is we've we've stayed on the air this long and uh, and persevered to get to 100. So uh, what's also really cool about this episode is our hundredth episode is about our own Mike Lara's hundred mile race and so just the convergence of these hundreds the convergence of these significant moments uh, it's just it's really cool that we get to talk about this on our hundredth episode. Um, so Mike, we're, you're going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting, which really isn't fair as you've just finished your, your race. Um, but this seemed like a really cool opportunity to talk about what motivated you to do something so big. Um, some might say so insane, but so big. Um, and then, you know, some people have had different experiences with major events, whether it's, you know, triathlons and Ironmans or Tough Mudders or, you know just a 5k or a marathon or, or but you know talking about the the physical and the mental and emotional prep to get ready for something like this and then we'll talk through the race itself but I think what we're really looking forward to is hearing how you've now processed in the aftermath running this race. Um so that that's sort of the big picture of where we're going. Um so Mike kind of kick us off. Why on earth does somebody <laughs> run a hundred miles? A hundred miles. You know, I think that's
0: the, that's the big question that we, myself and my buddy who ran with me have constantly asked ourselves through this whole process. Why? Right. And at first I took the question as like, why? Like what you were crazy. Why would you do that? <laughs> but as I've grown and matured throughout this whole process, I understand that, that, that why question is very important, right? It's, it's, it's the motivator. It's the, it's the reason you are taking on this journey that is, it is a crazy challenge. I mean, it's basically four back-to-back marathons, right? For some guy who had never ran more than a half marathon in his whole life. And, and, and for me, that's, that was a question that I kept going back on is, is what was my motivator? What was the reason behind it? And um, I really kind of narrowed it down to two, two certain areas. Right before pandemic, I think is when things started to 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 happen for me right right before quarantine um it was like one of those new year new me kind of things and um I had been um thinking to myself like hey you know I, I maybe I should get back in shape you know I'm starting to, starting to gain a couple pounds here and there and and um we were actually just sitting on the couch hanging out and I think it was my 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 five-year-old at the time six-year-old at the time and he he goes man dad you're fat and it was just one of those moments that just kind of hit me like Dang, kids are, are brutal, first of all. But also like there was some truth there, right? Um, I had gained some weight. i I had I had allowed myself to you know, in, in other episodes we have talked about how um course correcting and how oftentimes, you know, with how many things that we're trying to juggle, some things, you know, get left behind and some things I put more focus into, more of my attention into, more of my my um, you know, time blocks into certain areas. And uh, physical activity was just one of those ones that I had kinda of put on the back burner. And I mean like the back back burner. And so I uh, that day I remember getting up and and in a like a heap of tears running running up to the school, which is about a mile, and uh turning back and running back. I mean, it's a mile total. It's a half mile to the school and a half mile back. <laughs> and uh just full of sweat, just huffing and puffing, hardly breathing, and I, and and I came back and Janelle met me out on the steps and she was like, How are you feeling? I was like, I felt terrible. Like I just ran a mile that like couldn't even run it. And my kid is sitting here seeing me as the example of a man in his life as being, you know, a guy who's huffing and puffing up the up the street, right? And so at that point, I, I was like, you know what? I, I need to take this more seriously. I need to try to get into – better shape in, in, in some some way. And, you know, running has always been like an easy an easy way for me to do it, right? It doesn't cost a gym membership. It doesn't cost you know, so much time. Uh, at least these are all the things that I thought before I started trying to train for an ultra was I'm just going to go pick up some running shoes and, and just hit the street and get going. And through that process, I started like getting more um, attracted to these longer distant races. My dad had actually ran um, a couple back-to-back 50ks, and actually took on a, uh the Born to Run Ultra uh 100 miler, and I was like, man, that would be, that's like the 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 five year goal. That's the goal that I want to be able to achieve one day. I want to be like my dad, and I want to be able to hit a hundred miler. Cause to me, my dad was when it came to endurance athletes, he was the first one I knew, and he was just the 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 definition of of manly to me when he came to that that physical activity, and so. Through that process and through just being, you know, one of those guys always looking for tools in his for his toolkit, looking looking at videos. I came across one of the videos. Um, this guy named Samirad puts together this video for REI that says um, how to run a hundred miles, and it's a short twenty minute video. And he talks about his process of training and being with his best friend and crossing the hundred mile finish line and just hugging his buddy and crying. And it hit me at that point that I was like, man, this is not just a physical journey for me. It's also something that I can like achieve like community with. This is something that I can have growth in, in, in friendship with and fellowship. And, and, and there's a lot more to it than just trying to be physically active. And so I picked up the phone, called my buddy Zach up and said, Hey man, you've ran a hundred mile. All right. And he goes, yeah. I was like, so, you know, what does it take to do that? What, 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 you know, what does the plan look like? What does the activity look like? Can you show me how to do it? Can you coach me up? And, uh, you know, Zach being Zach, he, uh, he's like, I'll, I'll do you one better instead of showing you, I, I'm you know, or in, in, instead of telling you, I'm going to show you and, and, and decided to, uh, pick up the card with me and, and, and carry the flag and, and, and move forward in, in our last, you know, 18 months of training, uh, to get to this point. So uh, I, again, to answer the, the very beginning question, the two motivations were, uh, to try to be a better example of a man to my son and to, um, try to have a, a, a connection to my, to my dad and the things that he had accomplished in his, in his, uh, past.
2: And I'm really glad that you brought the, the dad component into it for yourself. Um, because, uh. I know that was a big piece of it for you for sure. And that at least, because all the stuff you were talking about, about needing to get in shape and, you know, drop some pounds and whatever. I'm like, that still does not equal hundred miler. <laughs> like there's a lot of easier ways to, to lose a couple pounds than, than to go out and, and do a 24 hour race. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because
0: I, I also did not know the emotional attachment that I had and the desire to want to connect to my dad until about a week before the race. And uh, and I remember sitting there in my kitchen, and I'm I'm kind of like packing stuff up, and I'm I'm you know putting things together. And um, my sister sent me a a screenshot of my dad's races during the summer, a couple uh, you know ten years ago, whatever. And it was uh, 50k, 50k, 100 miler, and that's all like basically the same path that I was going on. And as I'm looking at this picture, I think that's when things started to hit me. Like like this is where like I had kind of like suppressed those feelings. I kind of pushed them off and said, yeah, I want to be more like my dad, but never really like talked about it. Never really like try to go deeper in on the conversation. And it was, you know, I hate, I hate to, you know, um, try to do a parallel, but it was one of those, it ain't your fault moments where I read this text Hmm. and I was just in tears. I was just, I started bawling at the kitchen table and my wife was like, what's going on? And my only response was like, I miss my dad. Like I desperately yeah. miss my dad. I wish I had him to talk to about this. And, uh, and so like, ultimately I think that's, that's something that I discovered through the path is like, you know, how much, how much more I wanted to connect to my dad and how much more, how much of a, how much of a gesture this actually meant to me, um, to have that connection to him.
2: Yeah, for sure. All right. So you start running and then you run some more and you're running a lot, <laughs> uh, you said this has been, uh, you know, basically like a year and a half journey yep. um, and and not without kind of its fits and starts, right? Mm-hmm. Like you guys, I think we're targeting last fall uh, to run, right? And injuries and COVID and...
0: Yeah. So it's, a, it's actually always been a, a two-year process for me, right? So starting back in, in January of, of, of last year, I, I set out this plan that I was going to run a half marathon in the spring. I was going to run a marathon in the fall. I was going to run, uh, you know, 50K sometime the next next spring, and then I was going to attempt 100 mile this fall. Um, what actually happened was through COVID and everything else, all my half marathons, all my marathons, all my 50Ks just got washed out, right? And so we were trying to like do a lot of virtual races and trying to like discover like fun ways to achieve these milestones without having the big hoorah of, you know, parades and people holding banners and high-fiving you as you come across the finish line. And so um that was a struggle. That was that was kind of one of those things where it was like uh Zach actually posted it not too long ago it was like 18 months ago, 17 months ago, we finished our first Ultra, which was a which is called the Yeti 24 Ultra. And that is where you run uh five miles every four mile or every four hours for 24 hours. And and that was my first official Ultra, even though it was it was kind of broken up throughout the day. Um, and, and that was a virtual race. That was him and I doing laps around the neighborhood in the middle of the dark. And, and, and that to me was, it was, it was, a, I think it was a lot harder to go- grind through that process because I'm a milestone guy, right? Like I'm not the, I'm not the end goal finisher all the time. I like to have those, those milestones along the way. Like, Hey, I, I achieved a half marathon. I achieved a marathon, you know, and, and, and hitting all those points along the way. And so the first year was, was rough because you know, quarantine and, and, and COVID kept a lot of our races either virtual or non-existent.
2: Yeah. All right. So you put, you put in the miles, you put in the time, lots of time training, um, learning, uh, you know, about ultra marathoning, um, because it's, it's a, it is a totally different ball game. And I, I mean, I remember we sat down, you know, the week before the, uh, run to, to figure out how like best, to support you and Zach in the race. And just like as a former runner, even up to the marathon distance, like ultra marathoning is a totally different mindset. It's a totally different, uh, preparation. Like you guys are looking to eat real food, uh, you know, cause you got to keep your body going for that long. Right. And so you're, you're learning lots of stuff. You're doing lots of training. We get to the race. How do you feel? Saturday morning, getting up to the starting line of an actual in-person race for 100 miles.
0: So I wrestled in high school. And in each each event, I always have this like pumped up anxiety, like, hey, I'm going to go in a battle, right? And so every time I've gone into these wrestling matches, I've always had the mindset of nobody's going to stop me. Like this, is, this isn't even going to be fair. Like I'm just going to attack this and it's going to be done soon. This race, however, was one of those ones where I was like, "Hey, this is this is big. This is something that you know. Up to this point, I had only ran up to a 50k, which is you know what is that, 31 six, some like that. So basically, three times as far as my furthest distance I'm about to attempt, and that's where fear started to to, to sink in. Right? Did I feel prepared? Yes and no, right? I knew that we had, uh, Zach had set out such a great plan. I mean, he is, he's a numbers guy. I knew that if I, as long as I'll, all I had to do was keep running, right? As far as the time and what I needed to eat and everything else, I was pretty much in the best hands between Zach and, and, and the crew, right? You and, and, and Alex and Steven and everybody who was there to support us. Um, I knew that all I needed to do was put, you know, keep pushing one foot in front of the other. Um, so there was some comfort in that. There was some comfort in knowing that the plan was set out. I had the support I needed, but there was fear in that, Hey, you're still going to have to do the work, right? You're still going to have <laughs> to be the guy who who runs a hundred miles. Somebody's not gonna be able to run the hundred miles for you as much as they can feed me, give me water, rub my legs. I'm still the guy you're going to have to, going to have to put in the work. So yeah, there was, there was a little bit of confidence and fear in, 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 in both feelings mixed.
2: Hmm.
1: Oh, and you had said too that, you know, your previous experiences was your 250Ks. And it's not like the training program had been effortlessly smooth and, you know, steady gains and. And the 50Ks were like effortless and, you know, finished strong. You're like, man, I really could, I could have run a hundred miles for this one. You know, like, so talk, talk a little bit about that, you know, the, those experiences as far as then preparing you mentally and emotionally.
0: Yeah. So my first, so my first 50K was in the Outer Banks, uh, the weekend of July 4th. And I had actually hadn't even ran a marathon up to that point. Right. So I had, I had ran, I think 18 miles was my furthest distance at that point. And so we had got up at like two or three o'clock in the morning because again we we're on, you know, family vacation and I'm trying not to take up too much time for my kids. And uh and so we got up at three o'clock in the morning and and set out for this, you know, sixteen and some change mile out and back run down uh whatever that main highway is in, in, in the outer banks. And uh I didn't I wasn't I guess I wasn't as afraid going off in that one, but I hit the turnaround point and i was smoked i i started texting my wife saying hey i'm i'm done like you're going to have to come pick me up i'm i'm starting to feel dehydrated i'm cramping up i don't know if i could finish this and she was you know very supportive like yes you can uh don't text me anymore finish the race you know and <laughs> and, and and so we you know we turned around and came back and it was it was more brutal than i had thought like i was i was cramping up bad um, I had to have, um, you know, Zach's Zach's wife Nicole um, meet us partway with like iced bottles. Alex, who had also came on the on the run to meet us, the last like you know six miles was like dumping water on my head in order to cool me down. I was just not in a great place. Um, so much so that the weeks after that race, anytime I would run into the heat, I would automatically feel fatigue. I would automatically feel like everything was drained for me. Like even just walking a soccer practice, the moment the the sun would come out my body would be like, hey, we're back in that moment. We're back at the Outer Banks, you know, uh, warning Roll Rogers, uh, abort. Um, and so that that 50K was was brutal. It was it was hard. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm done running. There's no way I'm going to, you know, I don't even want to do a grocery run. I don't even want to do a gas run. Like I'm, there's <laughs> no way I'm going to be able to finish 100 miles if that's the way 31 miles feels. I'm done. Yeah, it's not going to yeah. happen. And so... I recovered. I came back, and at the end of July, I ran my second 50k, which was uh, a trail run and something that I hadn't really been training on. I had a couple, maybe like half marathon distances on trail, but mostly have been road runs because ultimately that's what I was training for. But we kind of figured the elevation gain and everything would kind of equate to, you know, if I added it all together, could be around 40 to 50 miles if I, if, if as far as relative effort and. I'd say about eight miles in, I'm running full downhill, you know, wind in the hair, feeling like, like, just like a, a, just a stallion going down this hill. (laughs) And I catch, I catch a rock and I just go, and it wasn't even like, I just like rolled my ankle. No, I went all the way over, hit the ground, got up and I'm like, my ankle's done. Like there is, I'm, I'm not going to be able to finish this race. And uh, and you know Zach, being as kind as he is, he's like, "You know, um run it off, you know, <laughs> but you know let's go, let's see what you got and uh and so we finished we 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 finished that race too, but i I basically had to walk the second half of the race almost any time we would go up an uphill because my foot was in so much pain, right, and so both these races are what's leading me up to to this hundred miler. and when I'm saying this, I'm telling Zach the same exact story, and he tells me, well." You know the weather's going to be seventy degrees, so we don't have to worry about over- overheating. And uh, there's no hills on this one, so you don't have to worry about twisting your ankle. What what else could go wrong? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they are the two variables that that messed me up on my first two races, and I don't have to account for those on the hundred miler. All right, you're right. Let's let's go ahead and move forward and 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 try this, knock this thing out.
2: So race day yes you guys get started yes um so this is the this is the pine creek 100 mile challenge um just kind of to to set the stage for folks uh it is through essentially the bottom of the uh what they call the pennsylvania grand canyon yep uh it is an old rail trail so it's actually it it's actually nice oh, like beautiful n- n- beautiful like packed gravel surface uh pretty much dead flat um you know uh and and so the race starts you head north uh for what was it like five or six miles hit a turnaround point you come back to the start finish and then there's actually a pretty long slog Mm -hmm. down to the southern end of of the course like another 20 miles out before you turn around come back and you hit the start finish line at 50 and then you go do it all again yep right so you guys start heading north how you feeling so
0: they started out the different time or the different races at different times. So my hundred miler started at 6 a.m. And so unlike other races that I've been a part of, three, two, one, go. And you just see people sprinting. No, as soon as they said go, it was like everybody was just walking out the starting gate. And I I had this like anxiety <laughs> of like, we gotta run. And Zach's like, no, this is what everybody does. This is this is how we're starting out. 12-minute mile paces everybody's cruising and you could actually see the strategy of how people were running right off the bat, right? Our five minute marker hit, we were doing what was called five and one where we would run for five minutes and then walk for a minute. And as soon as we hit that five minute mark, you can almost see a wave of people slow down too. And it's like, oh, they're doing five and ones too. Some people kept on running and then you would see them stop at 10 minute mark, boom and slow down too. And you could, so you could kind of see the, 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 everybody's idea or everybody's um, plan on how they're going to execute the race. Right. So we start out five and ones, we head north, Uh, we're supposed to be as far as the plan goes 12 minute mile pace and at that point, we're like 11 and we're doing I'm feeling great. I'm at the it was overcast. I mean, first of all, it was I mean, before the sun even came up. So it was already nice and cool, maybe like 60 degrees. I'm feeling great. Get to the turnaround point. You know, we we barely missed uh, our crew there. And I think because we were ahead of schedule turned around and came right back down the other way and uh I'm at that point I'm like man you know this is this is going to be not easy but I'm definitely definitely feeling great I'm feeling awesome coming and all the
1: w- how many miles at that point this Mike? is
0: about 5 or yeah about 6 miles at 6 miles I I'm, I'm telling myself I'm feeling great this is awesome um we came back to the start finish and that's puts us at about a half marathon or about 12 miles and I see My family there, there are my kids. I can hear them screaming, dad, go dad. And I'm like, oh man, my kids, my kids are here. Right. And so I, I run into the start finish. I I get my, I put my jacket away. I grab some stuff. I'm high-fiving my kids, hugging my kids. I leave that trip. I leave that marker for the next uh, trail, uh, the next uh, aid station, which is about three miles. And I realized I didn't grab any water. <laughs> like I was so excited to see <laughs> everybody and, and 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 just kind of go through the the, uh, the aid station that I just didn't grab any water. I had a half liter or something like that, but still, I was I should have grabbed water but it was a 3 mile short run to the next aid station where I could I could refill and um and that's what I did. I got to the next marker still feeling great, still feeling awesome. Family's there at the next aid station. I fill up on water, eat some food. We're at about 14 and a half miles at this point and I'm I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. There's like no there's in my mind I'm we are ahead of pace. We I'm not hurting. I have no pains, no aches. My muscles aren't even sore and we leave that aid station and about a mile down the road, I realized the adrenaline and the race high that I had had was what I was feeling the entire first 14 and a half miles. <laughs> it was basically me being so excited about being in a race that I, I had this just like, I don't know, a dop- dopamine hit. I, I, I was just mm. super excited about being with people, being in this race. And when I got to about, 15 miles, it all just like, <sighs> now I didn't feel any pain or didn't feel any tire, but I definitely didn't have that, that runner's high. I definitely didn't have that smile, like an unnatural smile on my face the entire time. <laughs> um, I definitely felt like, okay, now, now this is where the race starts. This is where I'm going to have to start not relying on that runner's high. I'm not gonna be able to rely on those endorphins. This is going to be, now it's back to heart and training and, and, and getting through the physical. So, Yeah. So we run, we run some more. We run seven and 8.8. 8, it's about eight miles to Tyodagan, which is the, one of the first long stretches. And, uh, this is where the sun starts peeking out. It's, it's getting towards, you know, um, a 10 o'clock The, the you know, we're about an hour away from the aid station and I'm, I had already filled up on all my waters and I'm drinking through them. I'm going through them. And I'm like, I need to get, more water in me. I need to make sure I'm hydrated because I remember my outer banks run. So I need to make sure that I am, I'm doing everything that I need to do. Um, we had planned on taking like salt pills, which are about 250 milligrams of salt. But I decide at that point, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm an overachiever. I'm going to take, uh, one of my extreme packets for dehydration in order to prevent dehydration. I'm going to take 1700 milligrams of salt at this point. So I down that with my water. I'm, you know, I'm feeling good for the next, you know, mile out of there as we leave towards Blackwell and about a mile and a half into it, I just start getting the worst stomach cramp ever. My stomach just starts turning in on itself. I feel like I want to throw up. The sun's starting to come out and I'm like, I do not feel good. And it's not like My legs are hurting. It's not like my ankles hurting. It's not like my feet are hurting. It's just straight pain in my stomach. I don't know know if I need to poop or if I need to throw up. I am just not feeling good inside my stomach. Whatever's inside needs to get out is what I'm thinking. And so we show up at Blackwell and I see Tom for the first time. I see Alex for the first time. And Blackwell's probably the worst aid station right off the bat because... (sighs) You have to run past the aid station. You see the aid station. You say, "Hey, to everybody!" And then you have to run a half mile, point six, past the aid station to the turnaround point, and then come back to the aid station. So that was painful. That was hard because you you, you kind of have your mindset: "Oh, there's the aid station. I can stop." But you don't. You have to go past it. And so I come back. I and I'm I sit down, and at this point we're at like thirty miles, maybe, and uh, I go straight to the port of John to try to to try to pee because at this point I haven't I haven't really peed either to try to figure out what's going on with my stomach and I just I puke. I puke right in the port of John. It was, it was terrible. And uh and and I come back out and I'm feeling better. I mean, as be, as good as you can at 30 miles and, and throwing up. But that's then I start getting a little bit more unsure of myself at this point. I'm like, hey, this I just basically ran the equivalent of my longest run and this is how I feel like with my stomach. I don't know if I'm gonna make it to the next aid station i really don't like i i i i'm hurting at this point uh stomach wise right but my crew talks me off the ledge we you know we, we we change socks out we get some fluids in me we get some food and we start moving our way back back north back to the uh back to the uh start finish about an hour into it, my stomach starts stomach ache starts going away and i'm starting to feel back like we can we can do this Again, we're still under our time. We're doing great. We're moving towards uh, Tied Doggin, which is back or that eight miles back up to the next aid station. Refuel, get our stuff going, get up and beat feet to the next one. And uh, in that canyon, I guess we had had so much shade from the sun or from the mountain um, that I just didn't really feel how hot it was getting. But as we turned around and came around that bend, that sun was just on the back of my neck the entire time and I had like no defense from it and I could just feel myself going back to that that outer bank state again like my body is getting tired I don't want to run five and ones anymore I am I'm sweating I'm not sweating feeling just like just hurting I'm cramping I'm starting to cramp up now which I hadn't cramped up at all up to this point but I'm 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 moving I'm moving and um This is the part that, that I think is the, was the hardest part of the race for me is coming into the start, back to the start finish. Um, at this point we're at about 50 and a half miles, two marathons basically. And, uh, I see my wife, I see everybody, everybody's cheering me on. The kids are, you know, screaming, go dad. At this point we had picked up the nickname, the dads, because at every aid station, our kids are yelling, go dad. And we're like, um, everybody's yelling now the dads go dads. And, um. And I make eye contact with Janelle and I just tell her no mas. Like I'm done. Like I am, I'm fighting back tears. I, I don't want to cry in front of my kids. I don't want to cry in front of my friends, but I do not want to go back out to the race. Like I don't want to go back out. I mean, and I'm having so many different thoughts at this point. Like I'm like, at one point I remember telling myself like, I'm not in the army Nobody can keep me here. Nobody can tell me, like, I have to do this. (laughs) Like, there's not some drill sergeant going to yell at me and tell me to get back on the trail. I could get up right now. If I could walk, I could get up right now and walk to my car, and nobody could stop me. There's nothing. I'm the only person holding me here right now. And these are the kind of thoughts that I'm having... Right now. Right. And I'm sitting down. Everybody's trying to take care of me. Some people don't know what to do. I think some people are just looking at me like, oh, man, this dude's crying. Like, what do we do? Uh, uh, My kids are trying to, like, console me. My wife's trying to, like, uh, motivate me in any way she can, telling me, you know, I mean, any kind of range of motivation, like positive. I don't want to call it negative, but like just different types of like you said you were going to be here. Your friends are all here. You know, everything to try to motivate me to get back out of the chair. And I am saying, no, like I am done. It is 50 miles. I've, in my mind, almost twice as far as I've ever ran. I am at this point, very proud of my achievement so far. Am I disappointed? Yes. But I am, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm not getting out of the chair. I'm not. And, um, and I I don't know, Tom, maybe you want, I don't know if you have anything from your point of view at this point, but I'm 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 done. It's fifty miles and I am yeah. I'm spent.
2: Yeah, I mean I s I saw you I saw you walk uh I saw you walk around that gate and and just like shake Janelle off and I was like, oh this is not this is not good. It's he's he's not in a good state of mind to uh and, and that was the one thought that that i kept having because i know you guys said this over and over again while you were training right is i cannot let mike die in the chair like that that was my one thing going into to be on your crew was he can't die in the chair yeah. like that that's a totally different out on the trail you know you, you give up injured whatever like it's a totally different thing to to stop and not get out of the aid station and going again um so that was what was going through my head it's like how do we get you to get up and at least give it another shot
0: and i appreciate that and i think that's that ultimately what what ended up happening is and and i get i don't know what it is i get very uncomfortable when i when i pray in public and i don't know what it is about it but at that point i'm sitting in a chair and the entire crew surrounds me and Zach, and just starts praying. And I can't remember the prayer. I just remember sitting there thinking, like, okay, I, I have to at least attempt to get to get out. Like, I if I can walk past this aid station, and I can't, like, if I if I physically can't do it anymore, then I, I can turn around and at least I've sh- like shown that I I've, I've attempted to keep moving. Um, and so that's what we do. We get up. We start walking out of the aid station and, um, the sun's going down, it's getting cooler and we start picking up a light jog. And from a light jog, we get, um, a couple more, uh, um, miles or, you know, a couple about a half mile down the road. And that jog turns into more of our 12 minute pace again. And I'm, I'm feeling like a new race. Like it's it's honestly at that point I can't describe it besides I'm feeling way better than I did ten miles ago, but I'm I'm my gait's getting better I'm not feeling any pain anymore um, I'm not hot I'm drinking water and we head back north six and a half miles to to the turnaround point the north turnaround point. We get there, and 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 at this point, we had picked up a pacer, so a, a third person to, to chat us up because, uh, you know, Zach and I had ran out of things to talk about at that point, point. <laughs> and so we pick up a third pacer, and Jess is helping us get to the to the north turnaround point. Um, and I'm a, I felt like I was a different person at that at that point. I felt strong. I felt like, hey, I I got this. This is this is this is a new me, right? It's uh, it's it's a uh, cool weather, and I feel great. So we pick up uh, Nicole we turn around, head south back to the start point and again, we're going we're actually that south section, that 6 mile or that yeah, that 6 mile south section we actually ran faster than we did the north 6 miles. So we're we're gaining back, we're gaining back time. And we we pull back up and uh, at this point now I'm getting cold. <laughs> now I'm getting uh, uh I'm feeling like just just dirty, but uh you know, we wash off, we clean off, I change shorts, uh change socks. Um had to throw on a, a jacket because it's starting to get a little a little chilly, or at least I I feel it is. And um, we pick up Tom and we head we head south for the for the 19 mile. Which, by the way, Tom, I I, I know I kind of mentioned it earlier, but. Nineteen miles is, is 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 no joke on its own, right? And so I'm so appreciative that you came out there and said, "Oh yeah, I'll run. I'll run nineteen miles with you." Because had this been, had had it, had I been in the same in your same shoes, I don't know if I could have gone out there just on a whim and ran nineteen miles. So in my mind, I'm like, wow, you know. Tom's working. He didn't train for this. Like I did. And he's going out there for 19 miles. <laughs> I better not quit on him. I better, I better push through, uh, and, 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 and show him that, you know, we could do 19 miles together. So again, thank you for, for coming out and doing that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that and I will receive that, but you guys were already 60 miles in. So <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, you know, it's accomplishment wise, you know, I, I'm coming in on the last, uh, little bit, um, and and to be fair, I also knew your guys' race plan, and I was like, uh, that pace is <laughs> not." I'm gonna say I'm gonna run 19 miles with them, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. but really, I'm gonna try and walk 19 miles with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's I
0: think at that point we were looking at like 14 or 15 mile um, uh, minute miles, and those I mean that's a brisk walk, right? I mean that's right. That's, I think we got it's passed nice by a speed walk. It's, yeah, we got yeah. passed by a speed walker at one point. That's how slow we were going. So just yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, I'm feeling not great, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like this is something like I'm, I'm already dreaming about the finish line. At this point, I'm like, this is going to be awesome. I'm, I'm excited. We started changing our plan. We're no longer doing five and ones. We're doing more like three and twos, three minute run, two minute walks. And we go into a walk and I take a step. And I felt like somebody had dropped a kettlebell on my or kettlebell on my foot. Like I all of a sudden I have this pain in my foot that I just do not know where it came from. I could I felt like my other foot, like I could feel pain growing, but my left foot was just like it hurt bad. Um to the point where I thought I was done there. Like I I was I was like, hey, I'm 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 done now. Um and this is maybe coming up on 72 miles, maybe from the, from like a uh, 70 mile marker, I think is where I, it was about where I got hurt. Yeah.
2: We were a couple of miles out from there.
0: Yeah. And uh, the first thing I thought was like, well, nobody's going to be able to pick me up here. So I'm going to have to walk back to the aid station anyways, right? Like this is, this is the worst place to try to get hurt in this section. But we managed to get to Tiedoggin at, at what's that? 73 miles Bef- or 72 miles um, and and sit down and kind of reassess everything. and. At that point, I'm I'm ready to call it in. I'm I think I'm like, and it's mostly injury at this point, right? Like my foot is just in pain, like it is it is hurting bad. And I was like, let's just call the van. Like this is this is no bueno. And uh, Zach has a great idea. He says, hey, you know, we could wait a couple hours for the van to get here, or we can just walk the eight miles <laughs> to the next aid station where our crew is waiting for us to switch out pacers, and we can then. You know, if, 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 if we need to, we can call it there or we could, we could turn around and come back. Cause you've, you know, worked through the pain and in the fog and in the, you know, five-year-old mindset that I have at 70 miles, I'm like, that's a great idea.
1: Why did not I think of that?
0: Let's do that, Zach. Let's, let's walk. I mean, how long that how long is that going to take us? We have, you know, four hours to cut off. We can definitely make eight miles in that timeline.
2: And if we were on pace, we the time have. actually would we, the time would have worked out. Would it have would have been it was you know about two hours for the van to come and pick us up, yep. or two hours to to huff it down to the next aid station. So. Perfect.
0: Let's go. Let's move. <clears throat> and we start walking, and I'm I'm my foot is nope not agreeing with me it is saying turn back around, Mike. It is that is too far but we keep going we keep going and I, and i think at that point Zach was starting to feel some pain too in, in 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 his feet too because both of us now are like leapfrogging us as we're walking and taking breaks you know one person would walk up a couple steps and stop the next person would walk a couple steps and stop and we're just doing this like slow pace getting passed by you know speed walkers and and guys with poles and, and it's just we i cannot get to a consistent pace I could not get to a a good walk. And I feel like and I and I think I said this during the during the race, but I feel like the goal the the goal pulse kept moving further away. Like we're like, all right, how many more miles do we got? All right, we got four. And then we'd come across a runner and be like, how far to the to the aid station? He you know, five five and a half miles. I'm like, well, I thought we just had four. Like, what just happened? Like <laughs> our GPS watches weren't picking up a lot of stuff in the canyon, so we just did not have a good estimate of how far we had walked we didn't have a good estimate of our pace we're falling behind, our 15 minute pace is turning into 18, our 18's turning into 22, our 22's turning into 30, and we're just we're just slowly getting to the 80 mile marker and we get there and basically do the math and unless we take off and like we still had to go to the check, we still had to turn around and come back but unless we do that, we're we're not gonna make cutoff. And even to try to get to the point and come back, we just we're not not gonna make cutoff, right? I mean, there's no other way to to explain it. Like we 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 basically got DNF'd at that point because of time. It took us four hours, just shy of four hours yeah. to go that eight point four miles. And so we that that was it. That was that was the end of our race, is is, is eighty miles. And uh, I like to say at that point, I you know I I cried and I and and like I I hugged and I yelled and I screamed, but I I I remember not even sitting down and walking to the car and just sitting there. For some reason, the heater was on full blast. I guess the guys <laughs> were saying it was really cold, but it was hot. It was the the heater was just blowing in my face and. Uh, I fell asleep. Like the moment I, I, I sat in the front seat, I was, I was out. I don't remember the drive back to the cabin, just, just asleep, Um <laughs> Taking in that, that rest. So
2: yeah,
1: 80 miles. 80 miles. Yes, sir. You did that. So you've had some time to reflect now, Mike, because this was Sunday And we're now recording on Thursday, so you've had four-ish days to process. So sort of take us through what the last four days has felt like physically, mentally, emotionally.
0: So yeah, I've had a couple days now to process. And um, I had originally made the joke that I was going to throw my shoes in the campfire. I was going to never run again after this race was done. This was my my race. This was the goal. This was the end state. I was, this is everything that I was working for in the last two years. This was, this was it, this, this opportunity. And, um, hitting, hitting 80 miles. I think if I had, if you had told me I was going to do 80 miles before the race, I would have said that's, that's going to suck. I'm going to be very disappointed in, in, in myself for doing 80 miles. But in the day's since i've really have taken um a lot more pride in my 80 miles and knowing that um first of all if i'm being honest and it is, it is even in the 80 miles that i'm proud of it's in the last 30 at 50 miles i said no moss and that's something i had not really said a lot just once more in the outer banks but i had never really said i quit i'm i've never really said i'm done like throwing the towel i'm I don't want to be here. And I got to that point at 50 miles. I got to that point where I was like, I can't walk. I can't run. Not going to happen. And to for me to get out of that chair and run basically the equivalent of what I had ran my furthest previously, um, I was super happy with my, with my effort in that. I was super happy in the fact that I, I got up and and did it, and I didn't die in the chair. I, I I I moved forward and continued on my way. So, um, in the days since, I have I I ran another five k <laughs> to to try to shake out some of the uh, some of the muscle and soreness. Um, I've gone to work out now um, with our with our buddies at the F three, and um, I'm not committing to it <laughs> for next year, but um, I'm. I'm definitely not done running. I I'm definitely not done trying to seek adventure, trying to seek fellowship with friends that, that I think I have had a lot more growth in this last two years. than I, I think I'd originally thought I would, um, it was always an end state, always the, the let's finish it and get it done. And in the last couple of days, I've really thought to myself, like, Hey, there's, there's, there's other challenges. There's other things I can try to do. And, uh, Um, but I'm not done. I still have my running shoes, so they haven't, they haven't set them on fire yet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How about in terms of your, your processing of the race and your feelings around each of the different stages? Do you feel like anything has shifted from being in the race and how you felt at those points to now a couple of days later, how you're, how you're looking back on those? No,
0: my foot still hurts. Um, <laughs> um, but no, the feelings that I had throughout the whole process, like I, I never really tried to rationalize my thoughts during the hundred miler. Cause I knew I wasn't in the, in the right mental state. Cause I knew I was like fatigued and all the feelings that I had, I, you know, it's not like I could write them down in a journal while I was running. It wasn't like I could storm away and remember. Cause I, I hardly remember half the race if I'm being honest. And so when I look back at my feelings, the feelings that I have, I think. The feelings that I have, I've, I, and I'm trying to like define it as best I can, but the only regret, and I said this the other day, the only regret I have in the entire race was um, the moment after the race. I got home or got to the cabin. I took a shower, cleaned off, took all the salt off me, changed clothes, opened the bathroom door. My son's there, and I, I had a lot of fear of what he was going to tell me what he was going to say, what his first words out of his mouth were going to be about the fact that I had not finished. And uh, he looked at me and said, Wow, Dad, you did 80 miles. And the only thing that got me is in that moment, instead of embracing that, and instead of just like, taking that in, my re- first words out of my mouth were, Yeah, I know, son, I only had 20 miles to go. And that was my only regret. The only regret of the things that I said throughout the whole day was that I didn't take more time to just like embrace the fact that my kid was telling me, dad, you did a, this awesome accomplishment. He was not disappointed in me. He was not angry that I had quit. He was stoked that I had done 80 miles. And I just was like disappointed in myself, I guess, at that point. Um, but that that's probably the only thing I regret saying. That's that's mm-hmm. definitely the only thing that I was like, I could have handled that a little bit better. Um <laughs> But other than that, no, I'm, I'm, I'm my feelings. I've, I'm, I'm feeling great now. I'm feeling uh, mentally in a great spot, physically, maybe 60%, 70%, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there.
2: Well, I'm glad that you can recognize the accomplishment for what it is now, because, uh, yes, hundred miles was the race and that was the intention. But like you said, you know, 80 miles, you got out of the chair and then did your longest distance race up till that point. Yeah. after deciding you were going to quit. Yeah. Um so there there's a lot that you accomplished in the race and I said this to you before. There there's a lot to be proud of and a lot that you did that has nothing to do with the number of actual miles that you completed. I appreciate
0: that. I was getting kind of sad though. I thought we were going to have to rebrand this episode 80, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, and I, it sounds like It sounds like such a great lesson in the goal isn't always the goal, right? Because the goal was a hundred, but the goal was also for you to feel like you were a source of motivation to your kids and to connect with, you know, the legacy of your dad. And so to have your son's first words to you be dad, I'm so proud of you, right? Clearly you inspired him. And I know you had said, you know, at one point earlier that you'd already, you'd already started to, to think about the ending and, you know, having the, the idea of your dad helping you cross that finish line, but the connection that you got to have with him through doing that, like you you got to check off the goals that you had for this race. And, and so in some ways the number is just the number. And so whether it was that last 20 or not, (laughs) And again, you you know you're talking about if you'd have crossed at a hundred, you were burning the shoes and never coming back. <laughs> and it honestly sounds like you've taken more away by only running three marathons in one setting. Because mm-hmm. it's yeah. it feels it sounds like it's inviting you into a bigger space rather than closing a space. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And so it's just it's interesting the way that that things turn out differently than we expect sometimes.
2: Well, I just want to say thank you. And and thanks to Zach too, for letting me be a part of it. Um, And then thank you for coming out here and and sharing the story. And um, I just, I appreciate the perspective that you have on the race because, you know, like we've kind of uh, alluded to, you know, it would be very easy to chalk this up as a loss. Uh, You know, we went out for a hundred miles, we didn't get a hundred miles, you know, And if we, if we live in just that smaller version of the story, um, then this looks like, uh, like a loss. Um, but there is so much more involved and, and getting to tell the bigger story of what it looked like for you, uh, to actually go through the experience of this race. I think, uh, it gives us a lot of examples of how to look at, look beyond the immediate circumstance, and, and look at the bigger picture of what's happening and, um, the goals we've set for ourselves. And, and so I think, uh, there's a lot of nuggets to mine in the story of, of your guys race last weekend. Um, and so hopefully, uh, for everybody that's listening, um, go back and listen again. I, I mean, it, it's, uh, the, the story of this race is, is really deep and, and complex. Uh, and you know, we, we've, done a series on challenge before, and, and we continue to talk about challenging yourself in different areas of your lives. Um, so hopefully this maybe serves as motivation, uh, to, to find those places where we can push and set goals that are, uh, almost laughable, uh, at least from, from outside looking in, um, but you know, do what it takes to, to actually make that happen and do the learning along the way. So thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. And thank you all for uh, hanging out with us on another Strong Towers podcast, and we will see you back here next time. Before you go, we just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for being a part of the conversation and taking on this journey with us. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and throw us a like or write a review. All of that helps other people find our show. If you're looking for more, head over to our website, strong-towers.com and sign up to receive notifications whenever we release new content. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at strong underscore towers. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, We Are Strong Towers, to keep the conversation going throughout the week. If you want to support the show, Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash strongtowers for your chance to score some Strong Tower swag and get access to exclusive content. We appreciate y'all and we'll see you back here real soon.